we get started, go ahead and turn in your Bibles back to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to be um, tying this in. This is going to be um, connected very much with the message I preached on Thursday night. So if you were here um, on Thursday night, it'll um, go together, but I'll try to go back and make some review for those of you who are not here, and also just um, to reemphasize the points and to go through. But Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll begin reading in verse 10 again, and we're going to read through verse number 20. Ephesians chapter 6, in verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, in having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this evening, Lord, and we thank you for your word. I just pray that it would be clear, that I would not confuse it or muddle it, Lord, but that we could understand what you're trying to say to us today, Lord, and so that you could work in our lives and we could be closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Standing for God in this evil day is something that we cannot do in our own power. Satan is constantly on the attack. We are constantly under siege from Satan. We are, and we cannot defeat him in our own strength. We are not fighting a war that we can see. We're not able to see the enemy. This is going back a little bit to review on Thursday, um, review of Thursday night, is that we are fighting an enemy that we cannot see. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against principalities. Our enemy is not the people we're seeing. And yet God has called us to stand as Christians for Him. We are called to live for God. We are to live holy lives, lives that are in obedience to the Word of God. And that is what God has called us to do. And yet, we are in a world where we are constantly under attack. We are in a world where everything that we hold dear is being questioned and constantly being challenged. Paul is using the illustration of a soldier here. Paul told Timothy later when he wrote the book of 2 Timothy, he said, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. This was an illustration that Paul constantly used, is of the Christian um, living the Christian life is of being a warrior and living for God and having a fight on our hands. That it is constantly happening. We are constantly in battle mode. How many soldiers have lost their lives because they were not ready 
when the attack came. We think they were not in war mode when the attack came. We think about the tragedy that happened coming up on an anniversary. In, in 1941, there was a tragedy where the Americans were not ready. They weren't in war mode when it happened at Pearl Harbor. They weren't ready. They weren't prepared. They weren't thinking about war. Even though war was already going on, they weren't thinking about it. They weren't prepared. And, ha- and in li- everyday life that we live... We are constantly exposed to attacks from the devil. There is never in the Christian life, there is never a day off. There is never a time where we are not under attack. The Bible says, um, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then it says in verse number 13 that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Every day we live, we are exposed to the attacks of Satan. He is trying to take us down, yet we are still commanded to live for God. In verse number 14, Paul continues. He, he says, stand therefore. And he say, he's going back to, to what he has said before. Therefore, it's, he's going back to that. And he's saying, you Ephesian believers, you are commanded. It is a command here. You are commanded to stand in an evil day. And they needed to be strong in the Lord. They needed to have the strength of the Lord. They needed to put on the whole armor of God. Because they were facing a spiritual enemy that was beyond their powers to defeat. They needed the strength of God. And they needed the armor of God to be able to stand against the enemy they were facing. Because the enemy they were facing was not a physical enemy. It was not someone they could see. They were fighting a spiritual enemy. And they desperately needed the strength of God and the armor of God. And Paul's saying, you are commanded to stand. And this is how you're going to stand. He was In verses 10 through 13, he's saying, you have to stand. And you have to stand not in your own strength. You have to stand in the strength of God and you have to stand with the armor of God on because you're facing an enemy that is beyond your power. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against something that we cannot see, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what we're fighting against, not something physical, not something um, that we can see, that we can grab. It's not people. So if you're going to stand for God, Paul's saying, stand therefore, because we're not fighting the enemy we can see. This is how you need to stand. You need to stand equipped with the armor of God. And we're just going to go through these um, tonight. We're just going to go through Paul list these different things and he, um, different parts of the armor that a Roman soldier would wear. And he applies it to the Christian life and how the Ephesian believers in the wicked city that they were living in and how today, as Christians, if you are saved today, how you can stand for God. And he goes through this armor that a Christian sh- must be wearing. He said, put on the armor of God. First, he said, our loins... Having your loins girt about with truth. Okay, this would be, a, what about the loins girt about? It would be a belt, like a leather belt or a sash or something. Because often in that day they would wear robes. And they would need something underneath to tie the robe up. In the, um, in the Old Testament we see the phrase of gird up the loins. 
Paul or Peter also uses that phrase and gird up the loins of your mind. Basically, get things tight. You know, get ready for action. Get things out of the way. Because as they would run, they couldn't have this robe coming down and tripping them up, entangling them. And Paul, they would take this belt and they would tie it around them. And they would tighten everything down so that they were ready to put their armor on. Their armor would go on over top of this belt, the, the, um, the Roman soldiers, and the belt would also help hold the armor in place. It was the first piece of equipment they would put on would be this belt. They would put it on, they would cinch their robe together, it would keep it out of the way, it would give them freedom of movement, it would, it would restrict the robe from getting in their way, it would keep it tied up so they could run, they could do what they needed to do for a soldier. And Paul's telling them, you need to have your loins girt about with truth. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He said later to Pharisees who were trying to understand, some of the ones who were trying to understand what Jesus was telling them, he says, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And what Jesus is saying is you what Paul's saying here is you need to take the truth of God's word. You need to take what God has said. That is truth. Not what other people have said, not what the latest book has said, not what um, our friends have said, not what even wise men have said. What we need to do, Paul's telling them, if you are going to stand in the evil day as it as that temptation and that trials come upon you, you need to have the truth of God's word around you holding you together it's going to remove the, it's going to remove the hindrance from you you have the truth of god's word and you're going to say no i don't need to be doing that yes i need to be doing this and it's going to keep things from inhibiting you as you try to serve god it's also going to be the under the undergirding of what all the rest of your armor goes on it is the first thing you put on needs to be the truth of God's word. The truth that God has given us is final. It is what needs to be the determining factor in our lives. Take that. It goes over the inner parts, your stomach down here, which if you got stuck in the stomach with a sword, you're in a bad way, especially in that day without the medical attention. And say, you need to have your they had that girt about them and kept help keep their armor in place. And you need to take. Paul's telling them, you need to take the truth of God's word and tie that about you every single day. As we go through these, um, as we go through each of these pieces of armor, it is interesting to know, as I was doing study for this message, that it is your personal responsibility and my personal responsibility to do this. It isn't God's going to put this on you for you. It is the armor of God. The armor that you are putting on belongs to God. A soldier does not put on his own armor as in I'm fighting for myself. When he puts on the armor of the country he is fighting for, he is putting himself under the authority of that country. Someone who is in the uniform of the United States the United States Army, they are putting, when they put on that uniform, they are putting themselves under the authority of the United States government. And when you put on the uniform and the armor of 
God, when you put that on, you are saying, I belong to God. The, the, excuse me. The armor is God's. And when you put that on, you are putting on His armor that He has given you and you are placing yourself under His authority. But it is your personal responsibility to put that armor on. He's saying, you stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Truth is going to allow you to make the stand. And then he says, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate would have been kind of like a vest or a jacket that they put on. And it, was, it would have either had steel rings around it or some of it was made of brass. Some of it was made, but the idea was they put it on and it protected them from um, blows, from swords, from arrows. The goal was to protect the soldier. They would put a, it would, it would um, still allow some freedom of movement so they could actually fight. But, thank you very much for this, Stephen. But when they put on this, put on the breastplate, its goal was there to protect them. Now they could fight without fear of somebody coming and sticking them with a knife while they were fighting. It protected them. And what Paul compares that to is put on the breastplate of righteousness. This is God's righteousness. And Paul would later say in Philippians, And be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. If you are saved, you have God's righteousness imputed on your account. You are no longer... God counts you righteous. But you... It isn't saying put on your salvation. It isn't saying because you can't save yourself. That's not what it's saying. Paul's talking to saved individuals here. He's saying you need to put the righteousness of God over you. It'll protect you. It'll keep you from doing things that you shouldn't be doing. If you are wearing the uniform of, of, a, um, of the United States, let's just say that. You're wearing the uniform of the army. You are going to be held to a higher accountability and you're going to be judged according to um, certain behaviors of the law of the army of the United States. And when you have on the righteousness of Jesus Christ, when you put that on to protect yourself, when you have that armor on, it's going to not only protect from outside sources, but in the spiritual, it's going to protect us from ourselves. It's going to help um, guard us and guard our hearts. That's the, that was the primary purpose of the breastplate, was to guard the heart and guard the vitals in the lungs and all that. And God is, and Paul's telling them, you need to put on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The Roman soldiers' shoes were often, they're what were called hobnailed. And they put nails through the bottom of their shoes. And the main purpose of that was, it was to give them sure footing. Because the Roman soldiers fought in a legion, they fought in a line. And one of their primary um, tactics was, they would stand in line, and other untrained um, barbarians, if you read any about the fighting of the Romans... They would come and they would attack and they would, they would vastly outnumber the Roman armies. But because the Roman armies stood in place, 
each man protecting the other man, they were protecting each other, and they were literally almost invincible as a unit, as they stood. And what those shoes did is they had, it was kind of like cleats, almost. They were nail studs sticking out of the bottom of their shoes, and they could plant themselves in the ground, and people could run and hurl themselves against them, but because they had that sure footing, they wouldn't be pushed back. They were able to stay strong. They were able to keep the line, and other people could hurl themselves against them, and hurl themselves against them, and through the line, they would not be moved, because they had this sure footing, and Paul's telling them, you need to stand. You need to stand and you're going to be under constant attack. And you need to have your, you need to take your feet and bind them up with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We can be sure-footed in our stand because of what God has done in our lives. When we know what the gospel of peace has done in our own lives, when we know how we've been saved, we can stand. It doesn't matter if we're being attacked because we're standing on, we're bound up by truth. We're having on God's righteousness as a breastplate. We can stand sure-footed knowing that our souls are secure. Knowing that the, God, that the Word of God is true. Knowing that the Gospel is a Gospel of peace. It doesn't matter what is going on around me. I also can go and I can tell someone else about what God has done in my life and say, God can do the same for you. And it doesn't matter what is being pushed against us. If we take what God has done in our lives and take the Word of God, the Gospel, and we take that readiness and we constantly take it wherever we go. It can give us a sure footing in the slippery world that we live in. We allow the Word of God to speak for itself. We allow what God is doing in our lives and has done in our lives through the Gospel. What Jesus did on the cross. And we don't have to be slipping around when people attack us and we can say, No, I know what God says. I don't have to be moved. God's Word is true. I have the truth. I have God's righteousness. I have the preparation of the Gospel of peace bound on my feet. I don't have to be moved. I don't have to be pushed back. It doesn't matter what is going on. It doesn't matter what is assaulting me. I can be firm in knowing what God's Word has said. We must allow the Gospel to prepare us to carry it to all men. We are, as, as Christ soldiers, we are also ambassadors for Christ. We are to be telling people, we are to be ready with the Gospel of peace wherever we go. Romans 10.15 says, And how shall I preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And then Paul goes con- continues on. He's seen Roman soldiers. He's in prison right now as he's writing. And he talks about verse number 16. He says, Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. One thing that made the Roman soldiers so, um, so strong, that made the Roman army such a weapon, was the Roman shield. The Roman shield was about four foot long and two and a half feet wide. It was a full body shield. Most of the other nations simply had small round shields or something used for personal fighting. But the Roman shield was something that allowed them to fight in a unit. They could put it here, almost on the ground, and it would come up 
almost to their chin. They could do it and it would protect their entire body. The front, um, they would often form what was called, there was a Latin word for it, we would call it a turtle in English, and they would um, stand in line with the shields, and then the men behind that line would take those shields and put them over top of their heads, forming a almost complete armament of the body of men moving, and they were trained in such a way that they could move in step without a shield moving, and they could lit- the Roman soldiers would literally come up to a door with people on top of a castle or whatever, throwing things at them, throwing spears and just shooting arrows and arrows at them. But because they had this wall of shields over them, they were protected, and they were able to move right through bodies of men, people attacking them. They could use the shield to protect them. It was, a wep- it was something to protect them. This massive shield. Often also they would have a a piece of leather or something over top of the shield. And they would drench this with water because they would, the enemy would shoot flaming arrows at them. And they would come and hit the shield and they would try to set the shields on fire because then they would be devoid of their protection. But they would coat these skins in water so that when the, they were slippery, so when the arrows come, they would either skim off or if they did stick, they would instantly be quenched because of the water that was on the shield. And Paul say, compares that Roman shield to faith. We must have faith in God if we're going to withstand the constant attacks that are being made on us in this world. We must have faith in the character of God and that God is doing what He wants to be doing. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Paul's telling the Ephesian believers here, if you're going to stand for God, you need to have Almost like a shield, your faith. You need to be believing in what God is doing. So, because, because, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Paul is not denying the fact that we are under attack. He is in fact saying, you must have this shield because you are under attack. And when it's talking about fiery darts of the wicked, it's singular. It's talking about Satan here. It's talking about how Satan is constantly firing fiery darts. And you could do all this, as I was reading and trying to study for this, you had all these people saying, well, maybe it was this or maybe it was that. But let me tell you something. If you've had fiery darts shot at you spiritually saying, you know exactly what they are. It may be doubts. It may be temptations. It may be things people have said about you that just want to get under your skin and just burn you up um, emotionally. It may be um, things family members have said. It may be problems that are going on. But there, you know when you are under attack. If you've been hit by a quote-unquote spiritual fiery dart, what Paul says here, you know about it. It is something you can go back to your mind and you can say, yeah, I remember that. I remember when that happened. I remember when I was going through that trial. And Paul's saying, if you're going to be able to stand, because those fiery darts are not just a one-time event. It's going to, it says, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. It is something that you're going to experience your entire life. You're constantly going to be under attack. 
And Paul's saying, you need to take faith. Faith in God, like a shield. And get that over your body. Get that over your spiritual mind. Get that over you as things come raining down on you and say, I don't know what's going on right now. I don't know what the battle plan is per se. But I know that God is in control. I know that whatever is going on, that I can trust in God. That God is not going to fail me. And one by one, you'll see those things that all of a sudden could have totally destroyed not just your day, but destroyed your fellowship with God or just destroyed your relationship with that person or destroyed just your joy in Christ. You can see these things coming when you say, I know God is in control and you can take faith and put it up and you'll see those darts quenched. You'll see those attacks on you from the devil. You'll see those things just absolutely go out and you say, wait a second, that wasn't that bad. But it wasn't because of your personal strength. It's because of faith that is in God. It is because you were seeking to do God's will and you were having faith in the character and the plan of God. When we fail to have faith, remember Peter. He was walking on the sea. And he took his eyes off Jesus. And what happened? Immediately he sank. And, Jesus, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And Paul's saying, what you need, because there's going to be trials coming. There's going to be fiery darts from the devil. It's going to be coming from all directions. It also could have the idea of people firing from hidden, from behind bushes. You don't see it and all of a sudden whoosh, whoosh, they start flying in. And you need to have faith like a shield there to protect you. And Paul goes on and says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The helmet was something that, the Roman helmet was something that set, once again, their troops apart from most of the others. They would have little caps, or they might have furs on their head. But often, um, the natives of like Britain and other places, when they attacked the Romans, they didn't wear helmets. But the Roman had a helmet that was metal. And it came down and it had flaps that came down over his ears. And it had a bill that came down and protected his neck. And it had wire um, metal bands that crossed over top of the helmet that kept swords from being able to just cut through the helmet. The Roman helmet was something that could protect their head. Only the face was exposed with the Roman helmet so they could see. But they had protection. Now, once again, this is saying, take the helmet of salvation. This is not talking about salvation, as in when you are saved. Because Paul's writing to saved individuals here. He's not saying you need to grab your salvation and put it on. No, if you are saved, you are eternally saved. You cannot be unsaved. You cannot lose your salvation. But you need to have, as Pastor Montoro has often said, it is the security of your salvation or the knowledge of your salvation, your knowledge that you are eternally secure, your trust in the promises of God. If a soldier is hit in the head, he can become, um, we deal with concussion, you deal with a lot of brain injury, they become confused. A soldier who's hit in the head, something falls on him, he is not able to stand. He loses his um, equilibrium, he begins to stumble around, he can't think properly. And when you, when we don't, 
Remember that we are saved, that we are eternally saved. It is easy in the trials and tribulations that come, it is easy to get staggered. It is easy to begin to forget why we're here. It is easy to begin to stumble and lose your sense of direction spiritually. If you are doubting your salvation, you will become quickly disoriented and injured spiritually. And he continues, and he says, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Roman sword was a short sword. It was a sword for staff. It was not, as we think of the big knight swords, was something where they come swinging and riding in on horseback. No, it was almost just a little longer than a dagger. This was not their primary offensive weapon. Their primary offensive weapon of a Roman soldier was the javelin. They would line up, and they would, each soldier would be equipped with two javelins, and they could decimate advancing armies with these javelins because they would just throw them in mass, and it, would just, it could wipe out whole units of the enemy advancing. It was only when they got in close quarters that they had to draw their swords and fight. This sword, in what Paul's talking about, says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is what Paul's talking about right here. This isn't a sword that for your personal use to go around and just do with it as you want. It is the sword of the Spirit. It is something that belongs to God. It is the Word of God. It is not to be trifled with. It is not to be something for your own personal gain. But... We know that the Word of God is powerful. It can help defend, your, defend us against attacks from the enemy. You say, wait a second, that isn't what the Word of God says. When the cults and when the people come who want to challenge your beliefs and want to say, hey, you know, think about this, you can say, no, this is what the Word of God says. And you can defend yourself from them. It also can be something um, almost like a surgeon's scalpel. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and a discerner is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It is something that we need to constantly take and turn on ourselves and look inwardly and say, what is in my life that needs to be cut out? What is in my life that is not right with God? And we need to take the Word of God and constantly have us... Have it with us. Like a soldier would never be without his sword. So we should never be without the Word of God. It needs to be constantly with us. Constantly in us. It is, a, it is our weapon to defend ourselves and to challenge, defend ourselves from outside sources and to challenge ourselves spiritually and say, wait a second, there's things in my life that need to get right. Believers of all time must stand And can only stand wearing the armor of God. But a believer isn't just supposed to stand wearing this armor. Paul continues and says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Believers are to stand on their knees. What, how a believer is to stand. He's to stand in the armor of God. 
and he is to stand in an attitude of prayer. He is to constantly be praying. It says we're to be always praying in the Spirit. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Prayer should be of the utmost importance. And our prayer should be for all saints. Right now, or not right now, but in a couple minutes, we're going to get to the prayer time. And our prayer list tonight is for the members of the church. And if you want to be a soldier for God, if you want to be standing for God, you know what we need to do tonight is get on our knees and pray. And you are going to be standing for God when you do that. Paul's saying you need to be in prayer for all saints. And also for me, he says, pray for me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. We need to be praying for our fellow Christians and we need to be praying for the man of God. That God can give him, utter, that God can give him utterance, that he can be able to do the things that he needs to do to spread the gospel. Paul's telling them, if you're a Christian, you need to stand in the armor of God and you need to pray. The Ephesian believers were to were to stand and could stand in the evil day by, ha- by having put on the armor of God and taken a position of prayer. The problem is we so often attempt to stand for God unprotected and out of position. But He has graciously provided us with both His protection and a position where we can be in constant contact with Him. Whatever we're facing today, Whatever attacks are coming on our life, we're in a world where we are constantly under attack. We're facing an enemy that we cannot see. We're facing an enemy that we cannot grab with our physical hands. And the way we're going to be able to stand for God in this evil day under these attacks is by having on the armor of God and standing in the strength that God has given us and being in a position of prayer. Be praying for our fellow Christians. Be praying for the man of God. That is what a Christian is supposed to be doing is praying. And we're going to be safe from the attacks of the devil when we have the armor that God has provided for us on. This armor and prayer will protect you from the attacks and the wiles of the devil, and prayer will involve you in God's work. When I was in homiletics class at Heartland Baptist Bible College, Brother Sam was teaching us. And he was teaching this week on illustrations. And he told a story that I I, I don't think I'll ever forget. He told a story about two police officers in Oklahoma City on the same day. One officer, he started telling us about his wife. Christmas was coming and his wife wanted him to have a gift. She had been saving and saving and saving for him. And still, she had to go out and buy it on credit. But she gave it to him early. She, wanted, she, she went out, she got it, she gave it to him as soon as she could get her hands on it. said, this is for Christmas, but I'm giving it to you early because I want you to have this. It was just a couple days later... He went on a traffic stop. He pulled somebody over. What he didn't know was the man in the driver's seat had a warrant out for his arrest and was driving a stolen truck. He didn't, he didn't know that. He pulled him over because he was speeding. He came up as, as, as he was walking up. The door swung open and the driver fired a 45 ACP into his chest point blank. Blew him across the road into the ditch on the other side. The driver was stunned when the officer 
from the ditch on the other side of the road began to return fire at the man in the truck. Because the gift his wife had given him was a bulletproof vest. And he was wearing that that day. And when that person fired it, he went to the hospital later for bruises. But it was that same day in another part of Oklahoma City that another police officer was on detail. He had a search warrant. He walked up to the house, knocked on the door. The door swung open and he was greeted with a 12-gauge shotgun. The man fired the full contents of that shotgun into his chest and that police officer died before the ambulance showed up. The saddest part about that story was that police officer had a bulletproof vest in the trunk of his car. He just never bothered to put it on. But how often do we go through the Christian life and we leave the armor that God has given us The armor that God has provided for us. His word. His truth. His righteousness. The gospel of peace. And how many times do you and I walk out of the house in the morning not having bothered to spend time with God, to get on our knees in prayer, to put on the armor that God has given us. As you see, The verbs in this passage, what Paul's saying is, each of you Ephesian believers and each of us today need to personally take responsibility to put on the armor that God has provided for us. Because God has called us to stand in an evil day, and we can stand. God hasn't called us to do something that is impossible. God has provided everything we need to be able to stand for Him in the day that we are living in. But it is our responsibility to put on, if we are saved tonight, it is our responsibility when we are serving God to be equipped with the armor that God has provided for us. We need to wear the armor and personally pray. Whatever the situation is, you don't know when those fiery darts are going to come. You don't know when the attack of Satan is going to hit you. And you do not want to be, you or I, Do not want to be the soldier that is found without his armor. We will become a spiritual casualty. God gives grace. God forgives. But why should we ignore what God has provided for us? Why should we attempt to live the Christian life and stand in an evil day against an enemy we cannot see, against an enemy that we cannot fight with our hands? Why should we attempt to stand against him without what God has provided for us? It would be very foolish to do that. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God 
that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that I therein, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. As we live the Christian life and as we seek to stand for God, wear the armor and personally pray. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you and we thank you for tonight, Lord, and we thank you for your word. And we thank you that, Lord, you have provided the armor that we need to be able to stand in this world. And I just pray that this week as we go out each day, that we would come to you and put on what you have provided for us to protect us against ourselves and against the devil, Lord, so that we could live and stand for you in this evil day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you just want to pray in your seats or come forward if you need to pray.